Hi, this is Pastor Sam Murphy from Christ Centered Church, and you are listening to Christ Centered Cast. Have you ever been to a party, an event, somewhere where you felt like you weren't wanted? Whether that was just your anxiety telling you that, or maybe it was true. Was it at a friend's house, school, even church? Maybe in your own house where you didn't feel like people wanted you there. If you've ever felt that way, I want you to take a moment and just dwell on that feeling. Remember it, hold on to it. We're going to get back to it. The passage we're going to look at today is Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36. Luke portrays Jesus as the Son of Man. Uh, Luke was a Gentile. He was most likely Syrian. And because of that, Luke's gospel has kind of a unique perspective. It's a message to a non-Jewish audience. And because of that, certain things are different than some of the other gospels. As Lauren shared with us last week, um, at the end of Luke chapter 2, we see where's Jesus? Where was he? Where he was going? He was in the temple. He's still growing. As we continue through Luke, we see John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus. We see Jesus um, going out to the desert for the 40 days and being tempted by Satan. We see him actually start his ministry in his hometown, and we see him rejected by his hometown. (laughs) We see him moving on to Capernaum. He's healing people. He calls his disciples. He's teaching. He's healing more. Lots of healing in Luke. And then we get to Luke chapter 7. We see Jesus uh, continuing to heal people and teaching to Gentiles, to tax collectors, to sinners. Um, In the passage preceding, just before the one we're going to look at today, we see Jesus calling people out for rejecting John the Baptist for not eating and drinking. You know, he was out in the wilderness. He ate his honey and he had his weird clothes on and people thought he was a demon. But then you see the same people rejecting Jesus for eating and drinking and hanging out with people. So no matter what they did, it was wrong. We get to our story in verse 36 of Luke chapter 7. Jesus is invited to Simon's house, a Pharisee's house. And then there's an uninvited uninvited guest that decides to show up. But she has a mission to why she is there. So do you remember that feeling of being an uninvited guest? How awkward it felt? How awkward it felt to be unwanted, even if it wasn't true, even if it was just your own anxiety telling you you were unwanted. So let's dive in and see how our story unfolds. Starting in verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known 
who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. So we're going to start with verse 36. What's important about this is you have Jesus who was invited to this Pharisee's house. Now, the Pharisees had a problem with Jesus hanging out with the tax collectors and the sinners. Now, Luke calls them sinners. Um, the other Gospels, specifically Matthew, calls them sinners and prostitutes. So keep that in mind because we'll get to that. So Jesus goes to Simon's house. And this woman of the city who is a sinner finds out that Jesus is going to be there. And she goes to the house. And what we see there is they're reclining at the table. So in Jewish custom, the tables weren't tables, chairs. We were all chilling, laying down on the floor, sitting on the floor. And that's important because in verse 38, you see that it says that in standing behind him at his feet. So Jesus might have been have his feet out behind him to the side where somewhere where the woman was actually behind him. So the woman goes and she brings an alabaster flask of ointment, which is a very, very expensive bottle of perfume. We're talking what they consider like 300 denarii, which is roughly a year's wage for a laborer of that time. So a very significant amount of money. So Jesus is reclining at this table with the Pharisees and all of his other guests. They're talking. It was common in that time for people to be able to come in and out and listen. Sometimes they ate outside, like on a, I don't want to call it a patio because it probably wasn't a patio. But when men like that were eating, they could come in the side gate. Usually were not invited at the table, but could stand or sit against the wall and just listen to what was going on. So that's where Jesus is. He's sitting at the table with these Pharisees talking, and then this woman shows up who was not invited, who was not a welcomed guest. And she decides that she's going there. She just wants to anoint Jesus' feet. And we see that she realizes that his feet are still dirty because Simon didn't offer him water to clean his feet. This wasn't exactly like a slight against Jesus, but it's common courtesy. Like if your hands were dirty and you went to someone's house, they'd be like, hey, go wash your hands. You know, if I don't invite you to do it, am I being mean? No, but it's common sense to offer someone of that time a chance to wash their feet when you're sitting down on the ground eating food because they're walking around a bunch. That's dirt everywhere. Your feet are just going to naturally get dirty. Simon didn't offer Jesus a chance to wash his feet. So this woman looks down, sees that his feet are dirty. She did not come prepared to clean his feet. So what does she do? In this moment, she is oh so overcome by emotion, she ends up crying. So her tears are what end up washing his feet. I'm sure you can imagine Jesus is sitting there. I used to play softball, and I even had socks on. And taking my socks off, my feet were still covered in dirt. And when you would wash them, you could just see the lines of where the water would clean, where it would be like brown, brown, white. So you can imagine that, where you can just see her tears running down his feet, cleaning them. And then she does something which I think is 
just astonishing. She uses her own hair to wipe his dirty feet. In the Bible, we're told that the hair is the crown of the woman's head. This is important. I know that I value my hair to then take it and clean someone's feet with it. And feet are like the worst part of the body, like best part, worst part. So we have all of that going on. This woman is at Jesus's feet, worshiping, cleaning his feet, anointing his feet. And what is Simon doing? Simon's sitting there and he is having a little conversation with himself. Now, whether he mumbled this or said it in his head, he says, if Jesus was a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman this was. There's no way he would let this woman touch him. Because to a Pharisee, the Pharisee was completely separate from all of the sinners. They were the best. They had to keep themselves so holy that everything that was considered sinful had to be separate, apart, not allowed. So Simon has that very incorrect view of what makes a prophet a prophet or what makes Jesus Jesus where if in Simon's mind if Jesus was a prophet was he wasn't even considering him the Messiah yet we're not even there just a prophet Simon's thinking there's no way he's a prophet because he would know what this woman is who she is what she does and that's where Jesus kind of steps in and one of the things I appreciate about Jesus in this situation is he tells Simon a story. And Jesus often did this to lead people to the correct answer. We also see this, um, the prophet Nathan in 2 Samuel does this when he confronts David about his affair with Bathsheba. He doesn't just run in and say, hey, you're wrong. I know what you're doing. Stop it. He tells him a story. Jesus could have blown Simon out of the water. Just how dare you think that? You know, you're wrong. She's right. Get out. But instead, he helped guide Simon to the truth. Rather than hit Simon over the head with it, he said, why don't you pick which is the right one? So this is the story Jesus tells. Starting in verse 40. And Jesus answered, to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Simon, say it, teacher. And Jesus responds, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? And Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. So in response to Simon, saying something to himself that Jesus probably could not hear. So while Simon's thinking, if he was an actual prophet, he would know who this woman was. But here's Jesus discerning what is actually in Simon's heart. So we see that Jesus actually can discern what is in this woman's heart and what is in Simon's heart. So he says to Simon, I'm going to tell you a story. And the story is there's two people who owe someone money. 
and like we saw earlier with the alabaster flask being 300 denarii one person owes 500 denarii which is over a year's worth of salary and then someone owes 50. so i guess you consider if like someone forgave your mortgage compared to someone paying a year of your car insurance both good one's a lot better than the other I like to consider if someone decided to pay all of my school loans off, that would be so great. I would love that person for forever. <laughs> so Jesus gives that story. Someone owes a little bit of money, a considerable amount. Someone owes a whole lot more. The debtor forgives both of these people. Who's going to love this person more? And Simon rightly decides that the person that owes the larger debt and Jesus confirms that with Simon. You're right, 100%. So Jesus just opened the way to let Simon get to the right answer. And then in verse 44, then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, yet she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time she came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? who even forgives sins. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Up until this point, Jesus has been facing the table and Simon the whole entire time. He has not looked at the woman, he has not addressed the woman. As soon as Simon comes to the right answer, Jesus completely turns around, turns his back on Simon and everyone else and looks at this woman for the first time. He's still speaking to Simon though. And he says, do you see her? And obviously Simon can see her, but Simon doesn't see her. He sees what he thinks she is, whether she was a prostitute, whether she just had what I called outside sins, sins you cannot hide. Her sins were on the outside. Simon's sins were all on the inside where he could hide them. She was known for these sins. He could keep all of his on the inside. Jesus says, do you see her? And then he compares the two. He says to Simon, you didn't let me wash my feet. She, with her tears and her hair, have washed my feet. You gave me no kiss. It was a custom for men to just, well, cheek, you know, cheek kiss. Something that just happened. Simon didn't do that for Jesus. Again, not a sin not like a super slight he wasn't trying to be mean it was just he didn't do the common courtesy but this woman went above and beyond and if you noticed the phrasing here has not ceased to kiss my feet so this entire story this woman has been kissing jesus's feet and then the last comparison simon didn't even give jesus any oil to anoint his head which again just kind of common courtesy a custom that they had and she brought this super expensive oil to anoint his feet. 
And then he goes a step further. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Jesus didn't deny the fact that this woman sinned. He didn't belittle it. He was upfront with it. Her sins, which are many, they're out there. There are many of them. Guess what? She is still forgiven. Some people speculate that, you know, Jesus spent a lot of time in Capernaum where he was right now. She probably already met him. She maybe was in another house with him another time. Maybe she was just at a time where he was speaking outside. Maybe she saw him heal a bunch of people. Because we're at a point where past tense are forgiven. It's already forgiven. She has already changed. And that's what Jesus could see that Simon couldn't see. That she was there worshiping because she was already forgiven. She knew who Jesus was and what he did for her. And she was there to show him that love. While Simon, he wasn't there yet. For she loved much. Some people get that backwards. Because of the phrasing, it's a little weird. She wasn't saved because she loved much. She loved much because she was forgiven. And then Jesus actually addresses her in verse 48. He says to her again, your sins are forgiven. And this is important because you see the response of the other people at the table because Simon doubted he was a prophet. We're going above and beyond with forgiving of sins. Prophets don't forgive sins. And that's when they say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And then he tells the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What is your response to the sin in your life? We know through reading scriptures that we're all sinners, and if we honestly take a look at our lives, we know that we are sinners. Do you come to Jesus with your sin like this woman did? Completely humbled, full of love and thankfulness, just hoping to get near enough to him? Or are you like the Pharisee? Do you think your sin is no big deal and Jesus is just an average guest in your life? Just like everyone else, in and out, just coming to dinner. Do you love Jesus a little or do you love him a lot? Do you feel the weight of your own sin, knowing you are forgiven, to then love Jesus a lot? I challenge you to take this moment right now to close your eyes and pray to God to give you an honest view of your sin. If your attitudes and action, actions align more with the Pharisee, one of complacency, one of little regard for Jesus, one of judgment, confess that today. The unnamed woman, whatever her sin was, she saw it clearly. She needed Jesus so desperately that she showed that in her attitude and actions. She went where she was unwanted, uninvited. 
just to get close to Jesus. Ask God to give you that view of your sin. If you need to confess anything today, cry out to God. As we beautifully saw today in the passage, Jesus is willing to forgive and love anyone who comes to him seeking forgiveness. He forgives much so you can love much. God, I thank you so much for this passage. Thank you for the beautiful picture of worship and love that this woman showed. I thank you that you forgive all of our sins, whether we consider them big, little, inside, outside, seen, unseen. I pray that we will all have an honest view of our own sin, that we will realize that all sin grieves you deeply and that thankfully it is forgiven. I pray that we will remember that and we will truly see that sin the way we should so we can love you. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to Christ Centered Cast. Please join us again next week. God bless.